0: Tuesday at Tomoka? Oh, yeah. Uh, hope everyone's doing all right. Uh, I was just kind of sitting backstage and just thinking about, like, how much this is just like a holy moment, you know? Like, you're here, like, holy just simply means set apart, right? Like, this is a set apart moment. You're here. Because you've taken time out of your day to be here, to set it apart, to worship the Lord. Right? And I just got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about like, man, this is, this is crazy. Like, we're here this morning because there's a God who transcends all things, right, who created us all, who made us all, who then comes into our lives, right, through Jesus, comes into the story, right, and then redeems us and rescues us, and we're sitting in this room because He's done that, right? Like, we believe some crazy things as Christians. Like, when we believe a virgin birth. You know, there are things that we believe that we look at and we're like, that, that really make notes. And then there's other things that we really wrestle with when it comes to our relationship with God. I and mean, there's things we wrestle with, with believing, but like, there's this God who just sits above everything. And I was just thinking about this backstage and thinking about how small we are and how insignificant we are. And how there's this God who loves us. And I, I, so I'm a little messed up right now. Um because don't, we don't choose when God kind of says these things to us. You know, we don't choose those moments. God just kind of does them for us. And like, I'm just sitting back there going, oh my goodness. Like, and, then, and then the fact that he's given us his word, you know, that we can know him, really know him. Let's pray. Because we need Jesus. Father God, um, this is your time. Lord God, These we are your people. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, Lord God. I have nothing to offer anyone, Lord. But you have everything to offer us all. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. Lord. May we hear from your word. Lord God, your word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training us in what is right. And so, Lord, we pray that we would submit to your word this morning. For we ask it all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen. I have a question for you. Has your heart become hardened by life's uncertainty? Now, listen, as, as we read that even, like, we're told as Christians, right, that we're, we're not, we're, we're told to feel a certain way. Right, so when we read this, our, our I think our automatic response to it is go. No, of course not. Like I, I you know, I'm not I'm not uncertain about my life. Like I, I haven't let life harden my heart. But but in this passage today, this is in this passage is so crazy. It's in Mark chapter eight. And we're going to get there. But like I just want us kind of wrestle with this idea: Has my heart become hardened by life's uncertainties? And and look, life's uncertainties can run the gamut, right? It could be like uh, you know I, I don't know if I'm going to have food on the table. I don't know. If if I'm going to make it to next week. I don't know if I'm going to have the medic- medicine I need. I don't know if I'm going to, right? Like, there's tons of uncertainties that come into our life on a daily basis, right? And sometimes those things can make us become hard. But how do we know if we've become hard? How do we know if, I, how do we know if our heart's hardened? Right? How do I know that? I think, I think we kind of need to look at how we respond to people. Like, how am I responding to people? How am I, am I loving people the way I should? Am I getting angry easily at other people? Like, look at your life and look at your heart and go, man, am I, am, is my heart hardened jesus asks his disciples this question in this passage not exactly he didn't say the uncertain part but he says "Has your heart become hardened but it has to do with the uncertainty of the moment right let's read the passage together and they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them so they are going across, right? And he was giving orders to them saying, Watch out, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So, leaven, every time it's mentioned in the New Testament or in the Bible, really has to do with sin, right? Evil, right? And he's saying, Hey, beware the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of Herod, right? The, the unbelief that they have towards who Jesus was, right? They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have hardened hearts? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, 12. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, How many large basketfuls of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he said, and he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? Do you not yet understand? And I read this passage and I thought to myself, like, how crazy is this? Like, how crazy is it for the disciples to go, wait a minute, like, Jesus is bringing up leaven. You know, and we only got one loaf of bread, right? And we're going somewhere. And what if we don't have enough? And Jesus is going, do you not like, you remember when we, when, do you remember the 5,000 people, right? With the five loaves and two, do you remember that? How many basketfuls did you pick up? And they're like, we picked up 12 basketfuls. I mean, right off the, right off the jump. They should like, I read this and going, how do they not get it? How would they miss this? How are they missing this? And I thought, and then Jesus was like, bro, you miss it all the time. You miss it all the time. How many times have I come through for you? And you have to drop when something comes into your life, when something hard happens, you start to go to freak out mode and you don't trust me to provide. So we're going to talk about the sin of unbelief. This morning, the sin of unbelief leads us to distrust that God will provide, right? The sin of unbelief leads us to distrust that God will provide. There's a moment in our lives where we go and look, they're dealing with it here. They're going, we got one loaf. There's 12 of them. And Jesus is going, are you, is your heart so hard? Like 5,000 men I had there, not including the women and children. And I fed them. And look, I don't think, we tend to think that Jesus maybe is a little irritated here, right? Like we tend to think like maybe Jesus is like scolding them like a, you know, like a, you know. But I actually think, you know, like when you're a kid or how many of you were parents in this room? Remember when your kids were little and they would say things to you like, hey, mom, dad, I'm really worried about X, Y, and Z. And you look at him and say, why are you worried about that? Haven't, haven't you always had what you needed? Right? What if the disposition of Jesus in this passage is more like that to disciples? What if it's more like, hey? And what if he's coming to us as little children and he's looking at us and he's going, hey, haven't you always had what you needed? Right? sin of unbelief leads us to distrust that God will provide. The sin of unbelief blinds us to remembering all the times God has provided in the past. Listen, their unbelief in this moment was blinding them to the reality of what Jesus had already done. Jesus said he had fed the 5,000. He had fed the 4,000, right? And they get in the boat with one loaf and they go, oh, we're doomed, right? Like we got one loaf of bread, Jesus. What are we gonna do? And Jesus is like, "Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Like, one loaf is more than enough, right? Because I'm in the boat. I'm with you. You know what I mean? I will get you. You have what you need. And how many times has God come through for us? You know, and then something else comes around. And we go, God, you're not going to be there this time. And God has to look at us like little children and go, hey, I'm going to be there. Do you not remember? My wife and I, before we, uh, when we got married, we, we were getting ready to move into an apartment. And we had no money. No, All I had was my tithe. Like, all and so we're, we're praying over our tithe. And I'm like, and, and my wife's like, do we give this? I'm like, we can't not give it. You know what I mean? Like, and plus it's like, it's nowhere what we, I mean, you know, it's nowhere what we need. Right. So we're praying and we're, we're supposed to be moving into this apartment like that weekend. We didn't have the money to move in. Right. So we're praying. I'm like, God, please like that. We're just, you know, so we spent like 20 minutes praying for this, for this, for this apartment. We went to church that day. I put my tithe in the offering, right? And and we're getting, we're leaving, and this lady comes up to my wife and I, and she goes, she goes, "Hey, I just sold my father's house, and the Lord wanted me to give you some of the money." And we were like, "What?" So we're thinking like, you know, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, You're, you know, we're, th- we're very grateful, right? And we're like, thank you, thank you. We get in the car, we're driving back to our mom's house because we were staying with our mom until this apartment came up, driving back to our mom's house and I opened the, the the, the, the card and there was a thousand dollars in the card. And it was more than enough than what we needed. We were able to move in and get groceries. So the Lord like literally multiplied the bread right like like literally yeah yeah I mean it was amazing it was amazing but there's been other moments in my life where I forget that right and I go uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying like surely Lord not this time you know and God has to remind me and go do you remember when right there was a while there where God was giving me vehicles it was unbelievable it was my sister was like, God really doesn't want you to go without a car. Like that's how many times people were giving me vehicles because I needed a vehicle and I would pray and I would say, God, I need a vehicle. You know what I need? Like you want a cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing that isn't yours. And so, you know, my need, you know, and I'm just praying that you provide a car for me. If you don't, it's all good, but I need one. I'm backing out of my driveway in our, the only car that we have. My next door neighbor comes out and goes, Hey, Aaron, do you know anyone who needs a car? And I was like, yes, me. And he goes, well, I have this Mustang. You can have it. (sighs) The sin of unbelief leads us to believe the opposite of who God has said he is and that he truly cares for us. Like we tend to think of this sin as like kind of like a not so much of a heinous sin. This is a really bad one. Right? The sin of unbelief can lead us to just some ridiculous places. That better be Jesus calling. I'm I'm just joking. joking. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. And then Jesus says this to me. He says, do you not remember? Do you not remember? Do you not remember? And here's another question for you. Have you experienced the goodness of God? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Right? Scripture tells us that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you experienced his goodness? Look at a few of these verses with me. Matthew 6.33 says this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you right and they're living this out in real time so jesus is looking at his disciples he's like didn't i tell you that if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness all these things will be added onto you and that's what they're doing and that's why jesus is looking at him going do you not remember like you're seeking me i'm with you i'm going to provide right seek first his kingdom his righteousness all these things will be added onto you the problem is a lot of times with the sin of unbelief we don't believe this I'm not saying you're gonna have I'm not saying you're gonna have everything you want. Jesus isn't saying that either, but he is saying you'll have everything you need. Amen? Amen. Matthew seven, nine through eleven says this. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him he will give uh not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Listen. Some of us are not real good at asking God for the right thing. Some of us in this room have gone, God, why didn't you give me this? And God's going, because you were asking for a stone. And not bread. God, why didn't you give me this? And he's going, because you were asking for a snake and not a fish. I know how, God's saying, I know how to give you good gifts. The problem is you don't ask well. I don't ask well. And so when God answers my prayer in a way that deviates from what I wanted... There's a good reason because he's a good father and he knows how to give good gifts. The problem is sometimes you and I go to him, we go, God, I really want this snake. I need this snake, Lord. And God's going, I'm not going to give you that because it's not good for you. And we go, God, I really need this stone. And God's going, I'm, I only know how to give you what's good. And he says that. Who of you, if you ask, if your son asks you, your child asks you for bread, you'll give him stone. You wouldn't do that. But some of you are asking for stones from God. Thinking you're asking for bread. And he's going, you're not. You're asking for the wrong thing. So when it comes to prayer in our life, really we need to go, God, your will be done, Lord. I, I, might be, I might be asking amiss, but I know your spirit is interceding for me. I'm just going to trust whatever your hand brings me. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. A child is completely dependent upon its parent for everything. That's what faith does. Faith goes, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rely on you. Like a little child will rely on their parent. See, you're not old in this room. I mean, you're, you're old to this world. Old. But you're not old, though. You're still his child. You're still, We're still called to go to him like little children, lift our arms up and go, Daddy, I need you. I need you right now. I need you to come through for me. I need you to provide for me. I can't do it. Listen, I had to do some disgusting stuff when my kids were little. So did you. You had to wipe the butts. No one likes doing that. (laughs) Some of your grandparents, you still got to do it. But, like, but God, listen, we are so in need of God. That's how we are, though. We're like that kind of little child. We're completely in need of God to do everything for us. We just get to trust and walk with Him. And trust that he's going to do the things that he says he will. Trust and obey for there's no better way, right? So I'll leave you with this thought. As little children, let us trust our loving Father who alone can provide and meet our truest, deepest need. That's who we are. We are his children. And we can be like the disciples and kind of walk away and be like, God, all we have is one piece of bread. Or we can go, you know what, Lord? You've been good in the past. You'll be good in the present. You'll be good in the future. I'm going to trust in your goodness. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide as a little child to their father. I'm going to trust that you're going to give me everything that I need. Father God, we thank you for this morning lord god we thank you for your holiness we thank you for your goodness Lord god lord we pray you forgive us lord for the times that we have looked to ourselves to satisfy things lord we've looked to ourselves to think that we have anything at all to offer lord god and we we ask will you please forgive us for the times that we have not acted as your children but have acted in unbelief. God, you're a good God, Lord. You care for us, Lord. And Lord, you're here in this moment, God, with each one of us, Lord. And you're speaking to us this moment. You're saying, child, don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that I care for you? Don't you know that I I long for you? I long to spend time with you. Lord, let us surrender ourselves to the reality of your goodness. And let us believe that you'll provide in the deepest, darkest moments of our lives. And Lord, we pray for our families, Lord God. We pray that they would surrender themselves to you. God, we're in need of you, Lord. Help us. For we ask it all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen.